you're listening to a Talk of Spirit anime cast. I'm, <laughs> you're I'm not, Andrew. <laughs> you're you're not joined with me. <laughs> My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo, today's episode is a discussion podcast episode. We talk about the news that seems important to us, dive into our community, answer some great questions from our community members, and then say goodbye. So, how was the last two weeks, Chris? Nah, it's pretty been pretty good. Pretty good. Solid Mushuka Tensai. We just got done recording a uh, little little spoiler discussion about it, so that's that's fun. But uh, yeah, you know what I haven't been over to, doing over the last technically a week? Playing okay. Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> like you literally have to log in like the butt crack of dawn and just leave your character logged in just to be able to play because my gosh, the queues. It's not the queues. No, the queues are terrible because I mean we're talking one to two hour queues. The problem is the stupid two zero zero two error that happens after you wait for those two hours that kicks you completely out of the game. Ugh. It's like, it's fine. Leave the queue. I mean, I mean, I would want them to improve the server so they can have more, which thankful for chip shortages and stuff that I'm assuming is, is the problem for that whole situation. But still, it's like, at least figure out the error. Figure out the error. We'll we'll deal with the queue. I mean, log in when you get home from work or whatever and, and get to play at midnight. But <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I just I, I, I want to be patient. But, man, I'm I'm frustrated. It is frustrating. They're they're talking about giving us seven days of free game, but I mean that's yeah, that's that's necessary. that's that's ninety percent of the the issue. I mean, I'm I'm fine. I yeah, it sucks. I would love to. I I all I did with this morning was popped in and grabbed my sage and my my reaper. Um, yeah, that's what I want to do things. Um, but when it comes down to it, I'm probably not going to play it. Um, I mean, even if 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 I stream this afternoon, I'll probably just uh, pop on to Genshin. I'll see if I can get onto it, um, but I doubt it, I, and, and I'm not going to be too mad about it. But yeah, I agree. Ninety percent of any any frustration I have is mostly that error because it, it's it's like like Andrew was saying. I I don't mind sitting in queue for a couple of hours to to play for ten twenty minutes. But getting kicked out and then technically people who came in after me getting ahead of me because they got in half a second before me or got back in line half a second before me, that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the queue keeps going up, too, because I, I think I started out, it was like 2,800 or something like that. And this other times it's like 4,000 something. And I've seen people with queues of 10,000. It's like, oh, my gosh, dude, just that is I, one nice thing about having a slightly lower <laughs> populated <yeah>. server. <laughs> that exactly, exactly, and that's the other frustrating thing because one of the features they brought in to help with the congestion was being able to world transfer or log in in a in a cross server, and, and it's it, like that's not even and usable. That, that that they disabled it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It seemed like people were saying that was working early on because they were talking about how they would switch servers and get like a fifty Q, but then apparently. I, all I can assume is they thought that was probably causing problems for other servers, and so they went, no, you stick with your own server, which is dumb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a cool feature if I could actually use it, because, yeah, there's some other servers that are less congested. And, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. And I, it, I'm patient. There's other things that I can do. I have a lot of stuff that I need to cover and, and take care of, but it, it just sucks that when I want to log in, like, I just want to log in. That's that's it. <laughs> I have all this other stuff, and I don't, again, don't want to leave my computer on and do a lot of the things that people are talking about to bypass it, but that's literally all you can do in order to play the stinking game that you paid seventy plus dollars for plus subscription. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they'll figure something out soon. Or like I've joked about in the first day was like maybe I'll just wait 
a week or so before everybody gets bored and walks away and the hype dies down. It is funny to see. It's like I I do want to stream it, but I, I've been hearing that a lot, a lot of, like a lot of the streamers are just getting no views because again, everybody wants to experience the story themselves. Why would you yeah. want to log in to watch somebody else experience it when you can't log in yourself? So, but no, I, I usually just do that because. I mean, I don't think most of our viewers care. <laughs> either they don't play the game or they just want to chill and, and, and talk. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully I can play some of it. But, yeah, Genshin's just been nothing really happening there. So I got um, Albedo. Yeah, you did. You lucky roller. <laughs> Chris always beats the 50-50. Uh, I don't want to get into that again. <laughs> don't want to get into the 50-50 talk again. But no, it's been it's been an interesting week just for for anime in general. Again, Mushoku Tensai was incredible. Um, Eighty six coming back for another before another long break. <laughs> now, to be fair, I did lose a fifty fifty. I got a wolf wolf's gravestone once. Just, no, just just last last night. You lost a fifty fifty once. <laughs> what? It was on it was on my standard queue. It, it sucks, but it is. I, nobody cares about the standard banner losing the fifty fifty. There's nothing there to win. <laughs> How do you lose a 50-50 when nothing is literally a non-50-50 there? There's no 50-50 no there. I could have gotten Diluc. There's no 50-50 there. I need Diluc. There's no 50-50 there. I need a Diluc. There's no limited unit on the banner, <laughs> so there can't be a 50-50. So if you roll to 70 again, what are you going to get? Guaranteed. Diluc, obviously. <laughs> no, actually, I think, I think they just say if you get a weapon, you'll guarantee to get a character the next time. That, that was a change they made here recently, so... Which I think is a good a good change because most people I think want to have characters rather than it, weapons. It, from what I understand, it, it was evenly balanced between the two, but it wasn't specifically a fifty fifty shot. And now, supposedly, it is. So, yeah, there you go. So yeah, the news that seems important to us that should be important to you because it's important to us. That is important to you. That's important to us. Let's dive into our first bit of news. We have Kodansha Kodansha Monthly Shonen Magazine has revealed that the mangaka Akira Hiramoto will be doing a new manga and will be launching in their March 2022 magazine. Uh, they don't have a title for that particular series yet. And for those that do not know who Akira is, is known for doing Prison School and here recently Raw Hero. So exciting for you. Big fan of Prison School. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I never actually heard of Raw Hero, so that's that's interesting. Um, might might look into that one. I'm sure. I, I n- never mind. I, to be honest, I, I'm not a huge fan of, this, of the mangaka. I got a kick out of a lot of the aspects of the anime adaptation of Prison School, but I never like jumped at the manga after watching the show. So yeah, it's it's one of those that I I I I did find a lot of amusement out of Prison School, um, and I it's one of those that I kind of wanted to get back to but as far as manga is concerned um so it'll be interesting to see what they what this other one it looks like it's a is it a swimming anime or a swimming show raw hero or the new one that he's doing oh raw hero is not the new one raw hero is the one that he just finished oh okay so man i'll look maybe i should look into that one as well but yeah the new the new series is not or the new manga is not titled yet but he they did tease that it is going to be a traditional romantic comedy which i don't know well, I've never watched. I never got looked into Raw Heroes. So I'm not sure if Prison School is like his shtick. Is that kind of raunchy comedy? But uh, just from my perspective, going from Prison School into a traditional romantic comedy for this mangaka seems a little weird. But um, definitely knows comedy. But 
I don't know. When I think traditional romantic comedy, I don't think of raunchy sex humor and stuff like that. So we'll we'll have to see. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, yeah. So there you go. That's interesting stuff. Moving on, we have Netflix has uh, released a trailer. Uh, this trailer is called uh, – it, it's for a movie called Bubbles. Bubble, not Bubbles. Uh, <laughs> uh, this trailer announces a worldwide release on Netflix on April 28th. Uh, but Bubbles is going to be – I said Bubbles again. Bubble is going to be <laughs> directed by Tetsuro Araki, who, of course, is known for doing Attack on Titan, Cabinary, the Iron Fortress with Wit Studio. Uh, the will be done by Wit Studio, of course. The script uh, work is going to be done by Jin Rabuchi, who, of course, is known for doing Madoka Magica and Fate Zero, as well as All Know Zero. Uh, the music will be done by uh, Suwana Hiroyuki. Uh, who, of course, is known for doing Attack on Titan and all Zone Zero. So I just think studio, director, and music all by the team for uh, Attack on Titan with uh, General Bucci writing the story. And, uh, yeah, the PD I, looks like Attack on Titan. I don't trust him. Attack on Bubbles is as I'm joking it. <laughs> It'll be Attack on Bubbles. I don't trust him. I don't know. It... it the synopsis of the story set in Tokyo after bubbles that broke the laws of gravity rained down upon the world. Cut off from the outside world, Tokyo has become a playground for a group of young people who have lost their families, acting as a battlefield for parkour team battles as they leap from building to building. Uh, Hibiki, a young ace known for his dangerous playstyle, uh, makes a reckless move one day and plummets into the gravity-bending sea. His life is saved by Uta, a girl with mysterious powers. The pair then hear a unique sound audible only to them. Why did Uta appear before Hibiki? Their encounter leads to a revelation that will change the world. The world. Must be a JoJo reference. Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it, it, what, I mean, it looks it looks light and, and, and fun, but I, I don't know. I don't trust uh, Jin. I really don't. I trust him. He does great writing, so I'll, well I'll go with it. as far as going dark That's some randomly. So great colors in the in the PV, just very very much so popping. But yeah, the 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 joke that I have is it just literally looks like Attack on Titan, but with bubbles. So it just got this whole segment where he's parkouring over all these beams and stuff like that, and I'm like, just put the you know the grappling hook air gear stuff in there, and you literally have Attack on Titan. <laughs> but that's that's technically what they're known for. So. But uh, that doesn't negate the fact that it looks really incredible. So I'm I'm excited for it. Oh yeah, the character designs by um, Takeshi uh, Takeshi Obata, who's known for Death Note. So definitely has that unique style to it as well. So yeah, I don't know. It, to, to your to your point, I don't know that it will get dark. But I mean, I think the I think the setting and the the background is probably going to be dark having this this catastrophe that happened might involve people losing their lives but i don't know necessarily it looks like i'm based on the pv it doesn't look like it's going to be dark or anything so yeah that that's the thing is it's it it's one of those things that it looks light it looks fun it looks amazing um but like i said general bucci does not he 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 doesn't yeah. really do light and fluffy shows so He's death with a purpose, but oh so yeah, it doesn't have to be as far as, have to be brutal or anything. As far as uh, brilliant storytelling, he is great at storytelling. I, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting him in any way. Yeah, yeah. So good stuff, good stuff. Definitely looking forward to that one. Again, it's going to be April 28th worldwide. So 
Good, 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 good. Next we have is Shueisha's weekly Young Jump magazine has announced that Soma Toh's Shadow House manga is going to go on hiatus again. <laughs> going on hiatus until January 6th. So if anybody is keeping up with that series as it releases as its manga format, definitely uh, be on the lookout for a, a little bit of delay before we get the next one. So Moving on, we have Bloomberg has reported that Dark Comics is working with an advisor to weigh options that include sales. Now, this is completely speculation. Um, not really speculation. That's not really a term, but uh, a supposed leak from somebody that is familiar with the matter, which is typically something you have to take with a giant grain of salt. But obviously, Dark Horse does a lot of manga. So people are – I guess the concern that a lot of people will have is that Dark Horse – being sold to somebody possibly could lead to some loss of a certain series that you're reading into, but um, it's something to keep in mind. Again, this is something that somebody's reporting from an anonymous source, so to its validity, it's a big question mark, but just something to keep your keep your eyes out for if you're, again, keeping up on Dark Horse comics. Of course, I, I think the joke that a lot of people I've seen said is, what does it matter since they've kind of apparently dropped the ball on a lot of series already and stopped publishing certain series, probably due to sales, but still, got to keep that in mind. There's, um, I can't think of any mainstream names off the top of my head. I do know that, I do know of quite Berserk. a few. <laughs> Berserk is on there? Yeah. I do know of quite that's a few. That's all I got. I do know of quite a few, um, uh, Western comics that are over there, yeah. but yeah, the off the top of my head, I mean, uh, you bringing up Berserk—that's that—that's pretty big name. So, but yeah, I can't think of many of many off the top of my head that I that I've noticed. Yeah, this is a big question mark. Is like technically we don't even know at this moment if Berserk will continue, so that might not even be an issue in that in that regard. But uh, that's not to discount any series that people are currently reading. If you read something from Dark Horse, um, it's obviously going to affect you, but. Yeah, we don't even know if Berserk will continue, so I don't know if that will affect me at all. <laughs> but they are technically doing the compilations of Berserk, and I'm sure people are pretty upset about that if they're currently rebuying or whatever uh, the compilation books of Berserk. That will that will suck. Because I think they're doing hardbound uh, omnibuses, I think, of it currently. Which I kind of was thinking about, but I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't do well with compilation books, to be honest, so... Yeah, big news though. Definitely stay. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and see if anything pops up later. Yeah, that's one of those that it it it, it will affect um, the the fandom. So it's it, it's good to know about it. Yeah. Next bit we have is Apari Ranman is apparently the manga is ending on January fourth print. Uh, this has been announced by the January issue of Kadokawa's Ace Young Ace magazine. So if you're currently keeping up on the manga of that, which I don't think I knew existed, but now I do. <laughs> so it will be coming to a conclusion here soon. So interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, big news. I think this is probably the biggest news that we have in this list of news is Neko Works has announced they are planning on developing or that they are developing a new title in the Neko Pada franchise. So for all those uh, men of culture out there who obviously know the importance of Neko Girls. Be happy to know there's another one coming. 
Seismic is probably all over this. He probably pre-ordered it like five times. Uh, yeah, find some way of pre-ordering. Just put the money in a <laughs> jar somewhere, even if they can't log in to, to buy it somewhere. But yeah, Nekapara, the, the title, and I'm going to butcher this just so people know beforehand. So cover your ears if you do not want me to butcher it in your ears. Nekapara after la vieille famille. I think that's probably completely wrong. But yeah. <laughs> The other interesting thing is that they announced that the franchise has sold more than 5 million copies worldwide. So thus, we all know we're not alone. There are many of us out there. We're all coming together. We are. We are the important thing here. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with that one. (laughs) There's only 5 million of us that have culture. Well, how many total volumes of Necropotter are there, like? three or four so you just take that five million and divide it by that so it's at least a million a million of us strong i need to i need of course there's a lot of people that not... will buy multiple copies they have to have one on steam they have to have one from uh Demp- is it the the one that does don't downplay us uh I, I, I keep inclu- including myself in here i'm not <laughs> i've never bought any of it so uh i hate myself you're not a true fan of the Neko Girls, Chris. How dare you? Get off this podcast. Right? I'll handle it, people. Don't worry. We'll, we'll handle it off stream. I need to get it on the Switch. I, re- I really do. It's on my wish list. I've been... It, it, is it on the Switch? Yeah. It oh. says it right there. Oh. Is it brought I want to say though? that it's on my wish list, so... Is it over here? So is it is it in English, though? I don't know. Do you want me to go get my Switch and find no, out? It's okay. It's <laughs> all right. It's all right. Uh, the other big announcement that you we have, have your in this switch cast, right there. yeah, it's going to take too much time. The other big announcement for this cast is we have the official website for Ascendants of a Bookworms has released a new key art for season three, as well as an April premiere, which we already technically knew it was going to be a sp- uh, spring premiere. We just didn't know exactly when. And with how anime is these days, you never know if they're actually going to start when the season starts anymore. <laughs> Right. Seems like every season we have like three shows that are kind of off kilter to the rest of the season. So, well, I've been waiting for almost a year for a show that they announced a long time ago that I've been waiting for. So that yeah. you bring up every time we talk about yeah. this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. That you never mention the actual title and just say that you're talking about something that you don't want to say the title of, and then we have to kind of guess what you're talking about. Those who know know. Those who know know. The, the perfect answer, Chris. Smooth. But yeah, the the key art looks right. Um, we've of course already already seen like a small trailer with the the new, I guess a uh, she show. I actually pointed it out when we were uh, when we had done one of our preview casts. I said, "Oh, that's the show that I've been waiting, or that's the story I've been reading." You're just going to keep talking about it. Yeah. You're not going to mention what it is. Gotcha. I want to talk about a sentence of bookworm though. So yes, let's talk about. <laughs> But no, that's great. I'm super excited for it. Uh, to know that it's going to happen right when the season starts is great. So uh, April cannot come any quicker because I, I need more Ascendance of Bookworm. I miss mine. So there you go. Moving on, we have RetroCrust has announced they are adding new titles to its catalog in December. So they have already in, they've already released Ninja Scroll, the series. So if you're a fan of that, definitely look forward to that. Uh, also on December 10th will be Sayuki Reload. December 17th will be Ninja Senshi uh, Tobikaki. Uh, and then December 22nd will be both Magical Emmy, the Magic Star, and Magical Emmy uh, Semi Shigure. <laughs> so, cool stuff there. Definitely always good to see Retrocrust continuing to grow their catalog. So, cool, cool, cool. 
The official website for the anime adaptation of the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting has revealed a premiere date of 2022, as well as a new visual. So, this is a series that is going to be adapted by Studio Phil and Gaina. And for those unaware of the series, it follows Kirishima Toru, who is a vicious Yakuza uh, to the point that he's earned the, t- the nickname of the Demon of Sakuragi. Uh, to get him under control, he is suddenly given a new mission straight from the boss to babysit his daughter. So, Now, do you think that they're going to use uh, Kendra Suda, or do you mm, think that we're going to... Good question. <laughs> or do you think we're going to go go with the idea of it it would be it would be wrong to use the same voice actor in two different y- yakuza characters unfortunately it looks like yoshima hosoya hosoya so no it's oh, not kendrosuda fail yeah that's a missed opportunity right there who who uh i think i think kendrosuda's book for the next 5 years through netflix <laughs> so if you don't if you don't see that it's been you know at least licensed by netflix no kendrosuda Click it and see see what what shows that he's done. On on this site, this site's terrible. A lot of Fire Emblem stuff. Yeah, it looks a like lot it. of Fire Emblem stuff. Uh, a lot of video games too. Yeah, I don't. It's a lot of drama CDs, a lot of video games, nothing really anime. So, we'll see. It's not to say he's not going to do a good job. Oh yeah, I'm not. Just, just not Kendra. Suda. I was just curious. Just not Kendra Suda job. <laughs> I was just kind of curious of if I could uh, pick up a a rough idea of his character. So yeah, holy crap, video games. <laughs> just mostly video games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. For next bit, we have is Netflix has posted on Twitter a trailer that is announcing the second set of episodes for the new Shaman King uh, series. And that it will be getting streaming on December 9th. So for those that are have watched the first part and they're excited for the second part, definitely look forward to that on December 9th, which is like literally day, tomorrow or the next day, depending on when we get this posted. So I I, I really do want to do want to watch that series. So hopefully with that release, I'll, I'll probably jump in. So crowdfunding campaign has been launched for can i make your ears happy in 180 seconds to get a blu-ray and dvd release so uh, obviously that's kind of difficult to i guess justify doing a blu-ray dvd release of a (laughs) a short so they guess they're leaving it up to the fans if they want to get it or not Uh, the campaign is running until january 31st and they've already noted that they will not have general sales which i doubt that's a thing but it could be (laughs) Which basically means if you don't back it, you're not going to get a copy. So, ninety dollars is a little bit much for that. That's that's Japan. That is totally Japan. Yeah. <laughs> there, I don't think you can buy anything Blu-ray or DVD less than ninety bucks in Japan. But yeah, they've they've listed the Blu-ray DVD to be scheduled to ship to backers on March 18th. Uh, backers who pay at least equivalent to about eighty bucks US uh, will be receiving a Blu-ray DVD disc. Uh, regardless of how much money the campaign raises overall. That definitely means that they have already gotten established production of it, which kind of seems weird. Honestly, that seems very weird. But anyways, <laughs> other rewards backers can earn include a theme song CD, uh, a four F6 canvas art pieces, uh, and Katsubu, Katsubu earphones for ASMR. Um, so yeah. All funds are going to the production and manufacturing costs of this of the series. So, I don't know. I 
not to jump ahead to my review of the series, I am a little disappointed on the series, honestly. I mean, I was real super hyped for the series coming into it, but I, it, it's not that I don't like the concept and everything, because I think it's unique and interesting, and I always like the weird, unique, interesting stuff, but I just don't think they're utilizing the stereo at all. The stereo recording is not being utilized at all. Like, it, half the time, it's not even recording stereo, it seems, so... Well, you did, did say that it was them just talking about or showing how it's done, not necessarily doing it, right? Right, but the you would think the entire concept would be recorded in... I mean, the thing is in the room, and the girl's in the room with the thing. You would assume the entire thing is recorded with the thing and the thing. But right. it seems like a lot of the dialogue recording is being recorded with a standard you know, microphone rather than the stereo microphone. So that's my only problem. Other than that, I mean, it, it is technically use, utilizing it for the weird quirks, which is mostly just ear cleaning, <laughs> which is mostly ear cleaning, which is obviously is a big thing in Japan. So not so much in other areas. But yeah. A special event was held for Golden Cameo where they announced a fourth season for the series. So super excited, Chris. How far did you get into that show? Did you even start it? I did a few episodes, but no, I didn't. The I didn't CGI get... bear scared you away, didn't it? I never got to the CGI bear. <laughs> you, you, did you I? Need, you need that CGI. Wait, that was it's in the literally first... in the first episode. Okay, yeah, then yeah. I... Oh no, it came back later too. So. I I I I, I want to say that I liked um, a couple characters, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to drag me through the entire show. I don't think I ever got past the the reveal of the stuff on the the guy's skin and. I th- I want to say that they were oh, the talking map. about taking his skin off or something. I don't know. I I don't remember. Yeah, the prisoners were all tattooed the map to the treasure, and so they have to gather all the map pieces. So yeah, I the interesting thing that's coming from this, though. I mean, speaking of CGI bears, is that the at, that Brains base is going to be taking over the being the active studio for over Geno Studio. So I don't know if we could possibly see an improved quality. I know that Geno Studio has always been kind of hit and miss when it comes to some good quality animation. So it might, it might help the series to have brain base take it over. I'm not sure if it's a transfer because Juno studio is busy with something else and they want to continue on the series, but it is cool to see this is getting as much adaptation as it is. I mean, four seasons of a show is, I mean, kind of unheard for most from pretty much almost all shows. So <laughs> cool stuff though. Definitely. I, I, I dropped off at the fourth season or the third season. So I don't know if I'll get caught up in, get into that so maybe somebody in the comments can let me know hey man they're going to this stuff and it's going to be super crazy so you need to get caught up on it or no it's the same as it's going to be the same of same of what you've already gotten i guess so yep they go square enix big gangan magazine has revealed that richu is launching a new uh, is launching a manga adaptation of the Vexations of a shut-in vampire princess light novel. So, for those that are fans of that light novel series or just want to get into the series, be looking forward to that. I mean, personally, me, I, I, I'm better at consuming manga, so... <laughs> it's going to be launching in the December 25th issue of the Square Enix Big Gungun magazine. The synopsis for the light novel is a shut-in vampire uh, Tera Komari or Komari for short, awakens from her slumber to find she's been promoted to a commander of the army. The thing is, though, her new squad has a reputation for being violently insubordinate. Uh, And, although Komari 
was born to a prestigious vampire family. Her hatred of blood has made her a picture of mediocrity, uh, scrawny, uncoordinated, and inept at magic. Uh, With the odds stacked against her, will the help of her trusty maid be enough to... Uh, be enough for this recluse to blunder her way to success. Interesting premise. So, yeah, a vampire that does not like, like that, that does not like blood is always interesting. <laughs> uh, Reborn to master the blade light novel is getting an anime adaptation. This has been announced on the official Twitter account for Hobby Japan's HJ Bunko imprint. Uh, Reborn to Master the Blade from Hero King to Extraordinary Squire as a full title. Or the Japanese that Andrew will butch is Iyo Yobu O Kiwa Meru Tame Tensesu Soshite Sekai Sakyo. Sakyo? Is it Sakyo? I think it's Sakyo. Sakyo no Minarei Kishi. I did it. I've gone through it. But yeah. The hero king English, uh, English, yeah, English. Last wish is to live an, again as a warrior. Though he, when he awakens, he realizes he's been reborn as a girl to a noble family. Even when rejected from the knighthood, she sets out to be the most extraordinary squire that has ever that there ever was. So, sounds interesting. Doesn't really necessarily. It seems like it's more in the idea of uh, just reborning rather than isekai. So I, I thought at first it would be an isekai. So interesting, 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 interesting. Definitely be on the lookout for that one. Sells it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sells not at work manga is coming to an end. I I only put this in the list because of my recent joke is why is there so many sells at work adaptations slash spinoffs? Oh my gosh, dude. Cells Not at Work manga is coming to an end. Um, it's publishing its last, cha- its final chapter in Kadansha's Shonen Serious Magazine. Um, but yeah, more Cells Not at Work is is driving me crazy. This one is here comes a new Cells at Work spinoff series with laughs galore. Come on, tell me what the hell's about. Uh, <laughs> wow, e- erythroblasts are cells raised by macrophage in order to become promising red blood cells. But that doesn't seem to be really the case here when it comes to erythroblasts, who are an indefinite moratorium uh, with no reason to work. More cells at work. It's coming to an end. So that's one less cells at work that Andrew will ever talk about in the future, unless it gets a spinoff of it. Uh, They're going to make an anime of it. You know they will. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, they probably will. Uh, moving on, we have uh, the official YouTube channel for Promise of Wizard mobile game has posted a commercial that was done by Wit Studio. So if you're a fan of Wit Studio's work, um, not necessarily that you care about the mobile game, you can go check that out. That was literally like five seconds worth. Why did I even put this in the news? It was like literally five seconds. Because it was Pretty Boys and you love your Pretty Boys. No, I just literally seen that it was Wit Studio's doing something, so I put it in the list. <laughs> it looks cool. The visual looks cool. I'm not touching the mobile game. But yes, it's it's a mobile game for the pretty boys, definitely. It definitely seems to be the thing it's going for. We got all the archetypes too. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna set, Why the set it straight. I'm not I'm not getting this this mobile game either. I'm I'm Well it's in Japanese, so it's, it makes it difficult too. Phew. But uh no why did more the kids gotcha. blow up the snowballs or the snowman. Why why blow up the snowman? Because they're pretty boys and pretty that, boys do that stuff. 
is it, I mean, at least this guy destroyed the entire road. I'm not sure why, what the road did to that guy, but he decided he wanted to destroy the road. I guess he doesn't like carts coming through his neighborhood, so he decided to destroy the road so that they have to take a detour. I don't know. Destruction of snowmen and roads. Check that out if that's interesting to you. Uh, so we have some licenses by Seven Seas. We have Seven Seas has picked up the Summer You Were There manga, Candy and Cigarettes manga, and Yokai Cats manga. Uh, the one that was kind of interesting to me was, um, what was it? The, yeah, the candy and cigarettes that was apparently done by the mangaka that has done, what was it? Uh, it's, it's in my head and I can't get it out. Capellian, Capellian. So I, I knew the artwork right off the bat. I'm like, that looks familiar. So if you're a fan of Capellian. Seems like it's been around like for a while. How long, how long has that been around? 2008? Well, candy and cigarettes. Yeah. I don't know. Oh no, that was Capillion was two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Wow, seems like it's been around a long. That's technically a long time, Chris. That's four years. That's true. We're just getting old, so time's getting less significant than it used to be. <laughs> uh, some more ta- uh, anime or related anime related video games that Chris can put on his Switch wish list. Atlas has announced on Twitter they will be releasing VanillaWare's Thirteen Sentinels. Uh, Aegis Rim on Switch in the West on April 12th. Uh, additionally, Bandai Namco Entertainment has announced that we'll release .hack goo last recode HD on Switch worldwide on March 10th. So, two more Switch titles to add to your list. I'm kind of bugged by, bummed by this because, granted, I, I, I don't see a problem with playing uh, 13 Sentinels on my PS4. I just, that seems like such a Switch game. Not really that it seems like a Switch game quality-wise, it's not a heavy visual game. Now, granted, it, you can get a lot of particles when you're fighting and stuff like that, but it's a tactics game that's very kind of limited on how much visual rendering is happening. And I can see that being, because it's more of like a tactical game, it could be like one of those ones that pick up, do a mission, and put down kind of thing. So, Now, granted, the storytelling stuff, that stuff takes forever because <laughs> it's, it's a very story-driven uh, game, but... Yeah, I don't know. I might I might pick it up on Switch just so it's something I can more easily pick up and put down. What about you? Did you ever get interested in the 13 Sentinels? No. I only seen seen you have it on once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff though. What about Dot Hat Goo? You interested in doing the, the HD super collection of Dot Hat Goo? I don't know, possibly. Cause that's what, four four games in one? That's like a lot of content. <laughs> it's probably digital only, isn't it? It's, I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if it would take much of a cartridge to put all that in one. I mean, those are technically from PS2 era, so those are what the most. Those would be DVD games, right? So they were what eight gigs for DVD. So that probably. could be that could be pretty beefy. They'll probably make digital only on that. Then we'll see. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's all the news that seems important to me. That should be important to you. That's important to us. That's important to you. That's important. So. Let's dive into our community. We have some questions from our community members. Uh, of course, as always, you can go to the main website, talkaspear.com, go to the Contact Us button, send it there, along with all these spammers. Thank you, everybody, by the way, for testing our Contact Us. I'm not quite sure if it's working. Like, I got an idea based on what people were sending me, but there's still, like, I still feel like it's not fully, like, put together yet. So I, I still need more tests. Okay. I I, I can see that. It's kind of like one of those things where I need like a a pool, a pool of tests in order to really get an idea if it's working or not. So 
please keep sending them. I'm, 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 I'm thinking yeah. the same thing. Keep probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that you should overwhelm the system so that Andrew has to fix stress the, test. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. We need, we need a stress test. Um, that will tell us if it's functioning properly or not. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> you can contact us button at the top of talkaspear.com. You can go to the forums and register and post there and also talk to some great community members there as well as sending an email to andrewtalkaspear.com. Whatever method you want to use, it works out for us. We can get it on here. Like Pig Potatoes did. Pig Potatoes Pig says... Potatoes? You think you think that that's from the dark web? Pig Potatoes? No. No? Could be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't say where it comes from. I don't, I don't, like, you know, check people's packets or anything like that. Uh, Andrew, this has been a question I've been pondering for years. Why do you pronounce also like also? Also as... All soul, all soul. I don't know. Maybe it's the the southern thing hitting me. I don't know. I I, I literally don't know if I say all soul. All soul. I've never noticed it, so I don't know. It's weird what people pick up. I know, right? It is really weird. <laughs> like it's it's almost creepy. What you guys pick up sometimes? Do you guys? But say, I, I like it makes that, you I wonder. It makes you wonder if they get they listen to us for a little while and then they go wait. And then they back it up a little back. bit and listen to it again. Back. Then back it up a little back. bit and listen to it again. I mean, <laughs> it would imply that we've, yeah, they either do that or there's like a segment of a, a period of time where I keep saying also. Like, also thus, also that, also this, also that. I don't know. It's just how I talk. Babaka. <laughs> now I'm going to go out of my way to say also. <laughs> so also, uh, Pig Potatoes says also, uh, Okay, real question. If anime all of a sudden disappeared, whether it would be by magic force or the government taking it away, what would be society of otaku weebs do to get it back? I, w- I totally assumed you were going to put all soul in there somewhere just to make me say all soul. You technically maybe say all soul by saying that. but So yeah, what would we as a society or otakus and weebs do to get it back? We would have to become demon lords or something like that. I don't know. Is that it? Yeah, we'd 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 have to go against the government. Well, I, I would I would think that the the divine would bless us with a girl falling out of the sky that would give us imbue us the power to get it back. I really do. But th- I guess the question is based on which one of those two scenarios: magical force or government taking it away. Because if it's government taking it away. It might be a thing where we could get any set guy from another world that becomes a politician that we back in order for them to fight against the government to get it back. Uh, I say, I say, we go, we go into the Gates world, get Rory Ma- uh, Mercury, and 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 go in and just destroy everybody. You know, I was thinking about making that gate to go to Gates world. Yeah, there you go. Because. Because that would be significant, but I I've been holding back this entire time because I didn't, we never had a need for it. <laughs> but right? if if we do have the government taking over anime and stuff, we're gonna well, have to I, use I, it. I, I I'll I'll just go ahead and let you go ahead and go to Rezero World, and I'll go to Gate World because you you know that you need your demon girl as well. So Oni Oni girl, yeah. There you go. Technically, sometimes translated the same way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's a magical force. That's a little more difficult because, I mean, we need to like, like I said, we would have to become demon it. lords ourselves. We would have to. It, 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 it's one in one case we go and get a 
a demon girl to do our bidding for us. In the other case, we have to become the demon lord. I just wonder what it looks like from the outside perspective of us doing all that stuff. It's just they think we're LARPers just running around going, counterspell! <laughs> counterspell! <laughs> you can't do it, magical force! Counterspell! Or just going around inside of the, you know, different houses and stuff and just yelling lightning bolt and throwing, uh, like, cardboard cutouts of lightning bolts that's wrapped in aluminum foil and just chucking it at government officials. That probably wouldn't end well. Don't do that. Please don't. <laughs> That's not going to end well. Well, we could, we could make a, a a a bet with the the government and and then just go ahead and win that bet and get get uh get it back from them. Is that a no game no life reference? Maybe, sure. Okay. Just we can sure. go with that. Just make it sure. Or we could go with uh Kaji Kakaguri. They all did the same thing, didn't they? There you go. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Downside is I didn't get. The, I didn't get downside that far is to... downside is you lose your eye. So I mean, okay. <laughs> Not getting references, but that works. Uh, but thanks, pig potatoes. Um, appreciate the question and also for listening to us. <laughs> Retro freak sends in a comment says. Hey, Andrew and Chris, I started listening to you back in July of 2021 and have been tuning in weekly ever since. Well, thank you. Talking Spirit has become by far my favorite podcast. Well, thank you. I think you guys will, uh, I think you guys feel a void that is needed in the anime community, or at least you did it for me. Thank you. Thanks for keeping up the overflowing and overflowing my anime watch list. Well, thank you. I also, I I am, I. I got also in my head now. It just, like, suddenly words are turning into also. Also. I'm just trying to drive Pig crazy. That's all. That's all I'm doing. That's all. Anyways, um... <laughs> the Warman. I am not a fan of CGI at all. The last CGI show I watched was Code Leoko on Cartoon Network. Not sure what that is. But he said lol, so I'm guessing he's assuming that that's probably a reason. I decided to give the Duke of Death and his maid a try after you recommended it. I fell in love with it and the characters and story. Thanks for doing what you do. I was like, it's one of those moments where when it gets to that point in the in the comment, I'm like, oh, I hope this turned out good. Okay, good. Okay, good. If there's a happy ending to this comment. Cool You're stuff. welcome. There you go. Yeah, that was a, it was a fantastic series. I definitely recommend people checking out Duke of Death. Okay, so what's the obvious transition there, Chris? Retro Freak. Go watch High School Girl. Same studio, same kind of CGI. But if you're if you watch Duke of Death and you enjoy it despite the CGI, definitely give High School Girl a shot because that has a similar kind of stigma around it. But it's an incredible show, especially if you are into video games or at least have a knowledge of retro video games like the '90s. Well, he is retro freak, so I, I was I wasn't gonna say it. Possibly sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, definitely appreciate you listening to us. I hope that you continue to listen to us, and we continue to bring you great content. So, thanks for thanks for the nice feedback, Retro Freak. Um, also, <laughs> additionally, I want to start. I'm gonna force myself to say additionally now. It's a it's a thing in my head now. Retro Freak, uh, if you're if you're again still wanting to kind of get some ideas of some other shows to check out, despite them CGI. Um, nice Sidonia is a, is a definitely a, a suggestion from me. 
What other ones are CGI that we enjoyed even the, still? Uh, the one with the... Ogden, if you like Ogden. more violent stuff. I mean, they're both Polygon Pictures. I mean, technically... They're both very violent. All you? of Polygon <laughs> Pictures is stuff that I've enjoyed, most of all that stuff. But, um, yeah, some, some suggestions. Not that you're <laughs> I'm trying to make you actively seek out CGI stuff. Well, I if if it wasn't for the fact that it was really more while they were still experimenting with it, I would have m- mentioned Arpeggio, but that's you you I would fill that one out. I love it, but at the same time I know that like Andrew Andrew was really turned off at at first, but I don't know if if it came out now if he'd still feel the same. So yeah, you know, well, a lot of that stuff back in the day was just how it looked so stiff, and that was really where you see them starting out. I mean, technically, Nice Sedonia is the same way. It's very stiff, but that's Polygon Pictures early on. So, yeah, uh, Expel from Paradise is solid, too. It's a full CGI one. So, yeah. Velvet writes in, says, Hello there, Taku Spirit Crew. As a mecha anime and game and model fan... There's a certain phrase used in the anime discussion sphere that never fails to drive me mad. Quote unquote, unlike most shows, this one focuses on the characters. Disregarding the obvious fact that, in fact, most shows do focus on characters and the show is just, and that just focus on the mecha are rare. I think I had this entire discussion on my 86 uh, is overrated video. <laughs> I wonder if this is in response to that. No, I think I put this in before I did that. Uh, also says there also seems to be uh, there also times where they do watch one, but they claim it is only because it is deconstruction, but that's a whole different can of worms. Mecca, magical girl, maybe even sports. What other genres do you think people generalize why and why do you think that is? That's a can of worms. <laughs> it it that that the the question that question has a kind of a catch 22 in it. We have dis- discussed it several times and we've tried to dis- differentiate between a show that is a character driven show and a world driven show or a mechanics world building story building show the problem with mecha it, it, this is this is one of those that it, yes it's technically a world driven show we we i guess probably the best one to describe it the best would be um heavy object Heavy object is taking the mecha genre per se and driving it to its absolute ex- farthest point of saying literally the entire point of this it, it, it's super robot to the nth degree um, where they've given up on the idea of wars in general and they just put two heavy objects against each other and everything is decided based on that. And then they they go to the the end where the the um everything's shifted because it's it goes back to one person who can change the entire course of the battle. The foot soldiers. Yeah. So it's <laughs> the reason why I say it's a catch twenty two is mostly in the fact of by acknowledging 
the idea that there, because I do, I do kind of disagree to a point, um, mostly in the fact that some shows are really, like I said, the super robot is, is a thing where the super robot literally, uh, is half of the, the show. I remember several times watching shows where I went, this entire show is a tech sheet. I, I, I don't find that enjoyable. Um, now the argument against what I just said is something like Gundam where it ends up being more about the war, uh, the, um, the war itself where you have, factions doing different things in, in different places. That's world building a show like, um, what's a, what's a good one where it'd be more character centric in the same, the same respect. Well, I guess 86, since it's in, in the, in the mainstream right now, 86 is more character study. It does have a lot of factions involved in it, but it is character study. Character study is about how is this person reacting to this situation? Not necessarily it's exploring their emotions, exploring what drives them, what exploring, um, the, their, their motivations. That's very different from factions, worlds, concepts, ideas, and, and, um, strategy and, uh, and politics. All that stuff is world building. Yes, they can, they coexist in a lot of cases that that is the point otherwise if like i said in in i think when we were talking about building a, an anime or something like that um i pointed out the fact of you can't have characters in a in an empty space you can't have a world without characters to explore you need both sometimes a writer might be stronger at world building or stronger at at character building but when it comes down to it you need both yeah that was kind of the the thing I was getting from this conversation is it, or this question is more of the idea of, I don't think it's necessarily that he, there's always characters. Yes. Like you said, well, there's, there's, I mean, if they do something really crazy, artsy, fartsy, it might not have a character in it, but in most cases, the character is typically the vehicle. You're following that character as they're involved in a world. For this case, Mecca, this world has Mecca in it and the character gets into it. Obviously there's going to be characters always. I think to play a little bit devil's advocate to what you're asking there, Velvet, is that I think what the point that most people are making in that regard is that sometimes the characters don't develop. Like, there's nothing to them. They're just either the boy who gets thrown in the machine and he constantly is always whining about being in the machine and you don't really see any development in it. Whereas I think that, I guess, again, to the what people might be arguing against you is the idea that there's a lot of shows where there's actual developments in the characters. They grow. They see significant change in their in their dynamics. What they what the, how they see the world gets evolved. And to again come back on your end of the thing is it's all in the perception of the viewer. Some people can see something as being significant while others don't. I've had plenty of times where I see that a character goes through a lot of crazy stuff and I'm totally invested, but then somebody else comes around the corner and says. No, it was a garbage story. That I didn't see anything in that character. I think a lot of people view the growth of a character differently. And I've had times where I think that a show doesn't have much development. And then somebody says, no, that character's seen huge changes in them. And I'm like, well, I just I didn't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> so to play on both sides of that argument there, 
But no, like I said, it, the, technically your comments here, which you probably see my video if you're watching 86 and you want to get into that. Um, but I made a video a couple weeks ago regarding if 86 was really overrated because I've seen a comment where somebody was saying it's an overrated mecha show. And <laughs> what's kind of technically stirred that video was that this one comment of this person saying this sh that 86 is overrated eventually comes back into the argument and says that people arguing that it's not about the mecha is, I, I guess, dumb, essentially. Like, you, you, that every mecha show isn't about the mecha. Which, one, technically blew up his entire argument, but <laughs> two, that sometimes we, f we, we kind of go out of our way to say, well, this is a mecha show. When typically, most mecha shows have a story, and the mecha ne isn't necessarily the central focus. So it, it's kind of a a fallacy to say, well, go if you like mecha shows, go watch this show because they're all different. Every mecha show is going to be different. The story is going to be different. The premise is going to be different. The characters are going to be different. We just labeled a mecha show because there's a robot in it at some point. <laughs> well, yeah, but I it's not necessarily I, that. I think it's you, you were you were pointing out the fact that technically, and I and I agree. When it comes down to it, they're not really mecha. They're tanks on uh, spider, spider tanks. legs. <laughs> yeah, they're spider tanks. I mean, they're spider tanks and and yes. Spider tanks with blades. I mean, I mean, they each have different weapons, but they're all spider tanks. Yeah, the uh, entire time all I was seeing was spiders. The entire time I was watching the show, I was like, "This is these are spiders." They cool, but obviously the guy who uh, designed these things likes spiders. <laughs> but I mean, the the woman. I'm just okay. correcting you so that somebody else doesn't have to correct you. I'm not <laughs> being mad. Um, but no, it, it, the the whole argument there that he started out that conversation with was. Well, if anybody likes this, they must be those people that haven't even watched five mecha shows. And then people came back and said, no, it's a great show. It's not really about the mecha. It's about, again, the war. It's about the discrimination. It's about the characters, what they go through, the the children's soldiers. All that kind of stuff is a story. Wow. Does that mean that I it's didn't just, write – I didn't – I haven't watched five mechas? Yeah. Yeah. No, was, uh, that was funny. Was that, <laughs> I seen my, I seen how my, my response is like, well, I watched that was like a hundred and something, hundred fifty or something mecha shows. Come at me, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's talk about it. If you're looking for somebody that's and that, that enjoys it, I'm your man. Um, but no, it, it, the whole point of that whole thing was that you're saying here that you haven't watched many mecha shows if you think this this is a great show, and then over here they're saying. Well, everybody's saying that it's not about the mechas hasn't watched many of the shows apparently because, again, insinuating that they're never about the mecha. Now, I would argue that there, there's some shows where it seems like every episode all they can care about is this is the newest, greatest mecha. They fight this thing in the next episode. Well, here's the newest model that I can take out that one or the importance of the story is securing this mecha and the techno babble might just overwhelm the show itself. But yes, typically with every single mecha, it's going to be about the characters. It's going to be about the war. It's going to be about all this other stuff that's not involving it. It's just it includes a mecha. And so, yeah, I would I would agree that typically people that it, that I guess group everything that's mecha together in that kind of category is kind of wrong. It's similar to Magical Girl. Magical Girls, they all have their own stories and characters and stuff like that, but we always kind of group them together. But I think it's just kind of an easy way. If you en if you enjoy watching idol shows, you're going to probably watch a lot of idol shows, and they all have the similar category of a idol idol show. 
magical girls are all going to have the same aspect of having a transformation in a magical a girl that's magical really is all it is and yes mecha shows are going to have mecha somewhere in there and i think that some people do like to go after those specific things sports i think is a huge example of that sports is kind of its own thing you're going to be going after it for the sport the competition so i don't know i i think the argument that people are making the idea that to make it the sum of that and to say that this is a show that has more character, I think it's it's a good thing because we do that. If I watch a show that's a sports show and I feel like the characters don't have enough development, I'm going to probably lose interest. But the one shows that I like that are sports, it always ends up being because the characters are so much the focus and not the sport. And I can see that if a show has too much focus on Mecha and not about the character or the conflict... I'm probably going to be disinterested in it. So I think it is technically good to say that there is something that differentiates it. Um, we have that huge problem right now with these guys, honestly. I mean, the prime example to give you right now is these guys. What's the argument that everybody makes? I mean, I just got done watching a certain anti-tuber complain about these guys for the next season. And it's like, well, but that's what we do is we, we're going to go in there and say, yes, there's a ton of these guys, but this one's doing this. This one's doing this. This one's doing this. This one's doing this because People that don't view everything need to know how to differentiate it, I guess. I, I, I would agree because they, that, that goes back to the brown couch we, we, uh, that I, I point out a lot of times of what is – stop, stop uh, throwing out the, the, the show just because it is, quote, unquote, the mecca. Um, I, I – I, even though I did, I, 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 I hate to sound like I'm, I'm speaking against it. The, the idea is if you go into a, a Mecca show, don't automatically assume that it's just going to be a Mecca. It, it, it's one thing to have, like I said, I don't, I, back in the day, this is back in the day, back in the day. Um, Back when, when I rode I was, a dinosaur at school, I, I remember uh, watching one particular show. I and and I, I mentioned it a few minutes ago of a watching a show that had just a whole bunch of techno babble, and I always associated Mecca with that. Going through the entire I think it was Gundam, heavy object that broke you from that, right? Because I think when we did the review for Heavy Object, you were talking about the techno babble being something that normally. Shies you away, and you kind of went with it with this one. Maybe because um, I want to say that we watched Heavy Object before I watched Gundam, right? Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, the Heavy Object would have been the one that that would have turned me off of that. I'm trying to think, I it, it, I remember the scene in my head with you complained about Techno Babble, and I forget, I'm trying to remember what it was. It wasn't the Nobunaga one that had the mech in it, was it? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, the 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 whole idea behind a lot of that stuff has always that 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 concept was something that made me shy away from uh, uh, Mecca. Not that I was completely and totally against Mecca, but I shied away from it. Going through um, Heavy Object and um, all the Gundams, I've come to accept it as kind of a part uh, part and course of it. It's it's Mecha Taku stuff. Yeah, Mecha Taku Mecha Taku will like that techno babble, and I think that's the the thing that shies people away. And 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 I can understand why. It, it it's it's something that I think it creates realism. 
It I think does. There, I think there is an element of immersion it's, when you hear somebody talk about the intricacies of the pistons and stuff. Yeah, because that that's that's the stuff that makes you kind of get, for lack of a better term, geeky about it. I mean, when it comes down to it, well, it, it, why why do people um, the 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 Star Trek nerds? The, I mean, I, I hate the term nerds per se, Trekkies. but it is the Trekkies. Um, why do they get excited about each each version of the Enterprise? Because they go into these big old long explanations of what is in this particular room. They've got the entire Enterprise mapped out in a lot of cases. And it's like, wow, you guys blow me away with with your level of um, knowledge of this stuff. That's what what works for Gundam uh, or, or uh, Super Robot uh, uh, Otaku. They love that stuff. And that more power to them um but uh, like i said i shied away from it because that's the kind of stuff that i don't i don't really get in a, a a thing out of that but at the same time now on the isekai uh realm um there is sh- uh stories where where the the character will explore his his um his world and if it has the gamey aspects like uh uh how not to summon a uh not not how how not to summon well that one too but um is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon that those gamey things in that particular world that drives me i like that kind of concept so therefore those kinds of uh stories are the ones that i'm driven for i you may find that boring but i at the same time don't find a lot of love for the uh horror <laughs> no, the 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 tech the technical specs of this oh. mecha. So six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Each one of us has our own thing that we we're, we're driven towards. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It 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 just is. Those are the things that drive you. These are the things that drive me. I think a a good way to kind of explain how we got to this point is my mind how my mind plays out how things played out to this point where you're at velvet is I think where it all kind of began is when you have that oversaturation of a genre. What happens when you have an oversaturation of a genre is you have a lot of people that dismiss because they're tired of it. So you do have a season. Yeah, there was a point which we had a lot of mecha. There was there was as much mecha as there is a Sekai's now. Again, we've talked about the fact that there was a, a an oversaturation of club shows at some point. There was an oversaturation of harem shows at some point. There was an oversaturation of magical girls at some point. And I think what happens is whenever you have that oversaturation of a genre is you get – you have some people that get tired of it. They see so much of it that they, they they think that it all is the same because technically there is a large portion of the show or the story that will be the same because what is it? Mecca. What is it? Magical Girl. And so when you watch an entire season and there's five shows where the girls are transforming, you're going to go, I've seen the transformation stuff already. And what happens is people get disenchanted by those shows. And so you'll have that period of time where somebody goes, I, I seen five magical girls this season. I'm getting, I'm kind of getting tired of, I'm getting fatigue. And the next season comes around and you have, oh, there's five more magical girls. Ugh, they're all going to be the same. In, insert Mecca, insert Isekai into that same category. And then what happens is that a lot of people go, well, I'm so fatigued by this that I'm going to feel these are all the same. But then what happens is at some point somebody says, hey, check out this mecha. It's doing something different. And then they go watch it. And then they start telling everybody, 
hey guys, I'm tired of Mecha 2, but this one did this thing. And so that's where, I think that's where you get this reaction, is you have that certain people are getting, and again, Isekai right now is a prime example. You have a lot of people that are coming out, us included, to say, hey, I know you guys are tired of Isekais, but this one's doing this. Not that none of the other ones are doing that, but this one right here caught my attention because it's doing it either better or doing it in a cool way. Uh, the deconstructions, I think, is a prime example when you have, yeah, the prethla of the large amount of Magical Girls that came out. And then eventually what happened? Madoka came out. And then everybody's excited because it's, quote unquote, deconstructing it. Uh, deconstructing it. Deconstructing it. <laughs> uh, also. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of, I think that's how you're at the point that you're at. And I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. Because I do think it's good that you personally scrutinize that because that allows you to, I think, see what other people don't see. That despite there being a similar element, Mecha, Magical Girl, Isekai, that there's something outside of it that's not the sum of the characters are better or it's a deconstruction or whatever. Because sometimes that's just kind of... I know I've seen some people say that certain things are deconstruction of things and I'm like, I don't get where you're getting that from. I know it's a cool term ever since Madoka Magica to say that thing are deconstructing things, but I don't think it's to the... I guess it doesn't really have to be to a certain level to be deconstructed. It just has to do a deconstruction of something. Um, but, yeah. I'm kind of glad people stopped doing that. <laughs> it was, like, big for a while. It's like, oh, it's the next Madoka Magic. This one's deconstructing this. Deconstructing this. Uh, it, it seemed like it was a cool term. Like, you you were, you were seen something nobody's seen. It was It was kind of like that. But um, I hope we answer that question somewhere and all that. Hopefully they don't hate us now. (laughs) Uh, Velvet also says, P.S. As a fan uh, and reader of the original Mother of Trilogy, I always like to watch uh, the impression videos and hear your thoughts. I'm guessing you're talking about Mother of Alternative, which I'm doing weekly. Um, I get a lot of comments like that. A lot of people are enjoying that, my weird take on things. So I'm glad you're enjoying them. Thank you for watching them. Uh, PBBS. Otaku Spirit Discord server when I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything. I, I, I'm leaving that up to Chris, really, honestly, because I don't have... I have, like, co- YouTube comments, Twitter, uh, just a lot of places where I'm trying to keep up with all the comments, so I just don't have the time to watch a Discord server also. So, also, also. I'm really stuck on also now. Thanks, pig potatoes. Thanks, Phil, for the question. Uh, moving on, we have Lynx chimes in and says, with the new technology and changing times for anime, how do you think animators can keep up with spirit or style of normal anime uh, with a lot of studios changing into 3D animation? Uh, also, another question, what do you think is the best 3D anime so far? We're getting back to CGI stuff again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, how do you think that they will keep up with the spirit of anime? Despite them changing to CGI, were you looking at it with a weird eye? I'm trying to reread what you just wrote. I didn't write anything. I know. So anime is changing to CGI. How do you think they can keep the spirit of normal 2D animation as they transition to that, which is, seems to be the obvious change? I think we did. We talk about this in our CGI podcast. We we're talking yeah, about the idea about that it. we've it, talked about it. It's an eventuality. There. It's an eventuality. Is, I mean, is, most is, everything right now is technically done with computers. Yeah, they're they're. I think they're trying to figure out how to 
incorporate it. And like you were saying, try to keep the essence of it. We've only seen maybe two or three shows that have actually captured that. Um, it's pretty rare. The problem is, I mean, you can you can look across all these shows. Um, I I would sus- I would suggest doing kind of the the general ideas. The um, like like we mentioned a little while ago, Arpeggio was kind of the first of the main mainstream shows that really did it. Um, then you go into, like we've mentioned, Babunki Baronki was probably the one that I thought was most aesthetically pleasing. Um, but you also have, um, a di- the different brand, uh, Andrew has mentioned Polygon, like, uh, Ogin and, um, what was the other one? Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia. Um, that's a brand that a feel of them that it seems to be kind of, they're, they're heading down that direction. Well, the, I think no, the, Nobunaka Concerta ew, did it as well. I didn't bad. think that was aesthetically pleasing. Way bad. The so of course they, that was a way, that was a way early one. Uh, the, I think the thing that we talked about in the CGI podcast, and, and it's the way they're going to keep that that they're going to be able to kind of capture that is at some point they got to figure out how to. And this sounds weird, but to squish it. Like you have it CGI, it's obviously rendered in an environment. They'll they'll create an environment for the character to stand in, and then they put the render of the character in that environment and they move it around. There's got to be a point in which they'll get rid of that depth, make that depth be essentially artistically added, and flatten it somehow. Flatten the character so you don't see that roundedness of them. And yeah, there's a lot of cases where it feels like they're getting there, but. Never has it ever felt like you don't realize it's there. It, you always feel it's there. And I think that's both in combination of how the characters move, um, the frame rate issues that they always have, because they can never, even though they like to cut frames to make it look like an old style anime, it never feels right. The, it never feels right. Their whole argument for why they don't make it, you know, 60 plus frames per second that they're rendering the animation in. And that they're purposely cutting it down to like 20 to 40, 24 to 40, or 24 to 30, I'm sorry. The reason why they're cutting the frames is to make it to where it looks like a traditionally styled anime that is, you know, only so many cuts per second. And what it ends up doing by cutting those is it looks very awkward. It doesn't, it doesn't feel fluid because they're not animating it to look fluid. Whereas if they're, t- you know, traditionally animating it, they're going to animate it knowing that there's only so many frames in this cut whereas with the cgi they're they're just using a machine to cut it so it doesn't really look like they're trying to hide that transition so and and one of the one of the silly things that you kind of wish that they would get the idea of when it comes down to it figures figures for a lack of a better term technically don't look right if you if you were to actually look at your figures and actually get a real close and, and I know this sounds really off the wall but when it comes down to it when you actually take the time to look at your figure they do look quote unquote alien take that and in, into consideration with a CG CG is effectively 3D effect so you have a depth like Andrew was mentioning there's a depth to it and everything like that depth does not necessarily mean anime equals bad the problem is, is that what they, 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 they fail to understand for whatever reason, 
is that anime being this kind of 2D effect naturally does not have that. It it has this kind of um, there's an aesthetic to it that does not look naturally when it's act, natural when it's um, filled out, for lack of a better term. And that's the problem is that they're trying to do they're trying to convert this aesthetic that is a that is best in a 2D plane and trying to make it into something that it's not with the 3D plane. Um, you might as well just go with there is some uh, some shows where or some artists that have actually mastered this kind of um, anime feel and yet still capture the depth. Um, some do pull it off, but it's, it's rare in, in, in a lot of cases because most of them do look kind of, um, if you kind of break it down to its essence, it, it doesn't look natural when it, when it does have that depth added to it. So take that for what it is. I think it's a lot of the cases is it's just the fact that it's uh, the, the difference between the 2d plane and the 3d plane do not, do not always work, uh, work out together well i mean if you think about it when whenever you see a shot of a character it's usually certain perspectives like the face perspective it's always kind of certain perspectives and it's always kind of within that frame and when you go to the 3d plane you're now having to you know have every single one of those different perspectives in play yeah and i don't think that really looks good and it, and at least in my perspective i mean i i think that you do get a kind of a idea of that in full plane with a figure and I, I think that's similar to the cases of things like Bookie Bronchi, where you do sometimes actually pull it off, is having that perspective. Now, I guess the argument really is is um, the idea of making a 3D fully rounded character look right versus making a 3D fully rounded character flattened to look like a traditional style. And like I said before, that's that's where I would hope they'd eventually get to, where you'll watch a 2D animated show, not even realizing it's CGI. And until they get to... And I think that's where... What was it called? The live live something? Live 2D? Or whatever it is? The stuff that they're using for all the... Um, and I don't think it's necessarily using for that, but it's a similar style that they're using for the VTubers. I'm afraid that that's going to be their answer. I don't want that. And I've already, I'm already seeing some stuff being announced of quote-unquote shows that will involve that because that doesn't move <laughs> it literally doesn't move their whole concept there is essentially if you took a like a big rubber wall painted a character on it and then shoved somebody's face through it to kind of move around it's kind of that, that creepy i don't know freddy krueger thing going on with it i don't want a whole show like that now granted it, it looks fine for a vtuber because they're not really moving but you can kind of feel that rubber bandy effect when they're moving around and i don't want that in a show yeah i i i i, I put it in the same realm as the mannequin or the yeah the puppeteer type yeah. thing kind of feels like that yeah yeah definitely so no like i said i i, I think if you ask me and this is a, it's a really weird way to put this but if you ask me the one that's getting closest but not quite there yet i think it's babunku bronchi um, I, I've yet to really find a show that does captures that sense of an anime that that feel of the style of art style in a show. Bubuki Bronki did the best of it, and, and it was really just in the character designs, the characters themselves in that world. 
if you were to somehow make it feel like it's flattened there, I think that would have been the, the perfect example. And I think everything from then either tries to go too detailed. Um, that I think that I think that's really where it, where it ruins itself is when you get too detailed with the environments and stuff. And in, in a lot of the cases, I think it's because they're using assets from something else. Like the, the big joke that we had here recently was Lost Child. It just feels like they literally took a render of a weird monster and just chucked it in that show. And it's like one of these two things does not look like the other. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Why is this in here? And, it, and that happens a lot. I, I, I especially like dragging monsters and stuff in a lot of these shows. It just feels like where did you get these these assets? Like, did you pull them from a video game somewhere? Uh, our, that was a big argument with um, uh, Arafretta. The beginning of that show had all these CGI monsters, and it's like, where are these from? These don't look like anime. And I and I think that's where I think the it almost feels like the, a lot of their progression in blending the two styles of CGI and regular two D is happening right now as they try to make CGI elements fit in two D animation stuff that they don't want to have to animate. They're trying to make them blend into 2D shows. And I think the point in which you get that happening and it doesn't feel like it's not in place is I think where you'll have that transition. Now, the thing to keep in mind, this is the thing, this is the thing that is technically keeping this from happening, is you have a plethora of animators in Japan, but you have a very a lot I don't I don't know the exact number, so I don't want to put a number here. But you have what seems like less CG animators. There is there's Polygon Pictures. There's a lot of studios popping up here and there that handle CGI work for traditional studios. But for the most part, there's a ton of animators, but not as much regular CGI. I can see a lot of the probably schools and stuff that are training animation are probably trying to push people to learn CG at the same time in Japan. I that I don't know, but I wouldn't doubt that because I can see them seeing this to be a future. But right now, I think that regular traditional animators are way outweighing them. Now, granted, they're not drawing on paper much anymore. They're drawing on tablets and into computers directly. Uh, I don't know if there's even... There's, there, there might be a, a, a show or movie that pops up here and there that's like, you know, traditionally animated or, hey, these backgrounds are actually traditionally drawn or whatever. But for the most part, they're like coloring and everything in computers. They're, I don't know that there's even paint cans in those places anymore. I will I will say this. This is this is something to take into consideration. Um, I do foresee some kind of a dis, some kind of a um, a shift and, and it's going to be different in in. Uh, in respects to what Andrew is mentioning here. The biggest problem that I see right now is anime studios don't have the budgets necessarily to um, do what we're talking about. The ultimate problem is you have video game industries who do do this kind of stuff. And they are probably snatching up a lot of the quote unquote CGI animators, if for lack of a better term. So they have the the control over the market. Right now you are you're in this kind of transition period of the old style is dying off and the new style is coming into play. However, 
to get those, they would have to put a massive amount out uh, to gather the kind of, for a lack of a better team, the team that could do that. Um, basically, Sands again and some of these other um, these other studios that have already dipped their toe into it already. That's another one that was um, to take into consideration is uh, Land of the Lustrious. They they did this as well, and they did that pretty well. But they were doing more along the lines of the hyper detail type stuff. D- just a side note. Um, the gems were pretty – had a lot to them. I'm not sure if I would go with detailed for the overall show. The – when it comes down to it, the – like I said, the studios that have already dipped their toes in are probably going to be the ones that are going to dominate the future of anime per se. Um, while the other ones, depending on how they do things, they'll probably glut with animators and eventually either they will um, go the way of the dinosaur or they will become um, specific to their style. And the other ones who can't make it in the, in the future of the market will probably just slowly pass away. And I think that's a really important note. The, one of the first things you said there was the cost. It, it, this isn't something they can just throw in some servers into their facilities and boom, they're doing CGI anime. They have to, they have to actually build the computers for that. They have to have a network for it. Um, a lot of storage is required for it. It's a completely different beast than doing traditional 2D animations. So yeah, you have to have animators that are skilled to do CGI rendering. You have to have animators that know how to move those. They have to know how to code that stuff. Then you also, again, you have to have completely new equipment installed just to do that stuff. It's a, it's an investment. So the, it's not really something where a studio would transition to it. It's more of a, there's a studio that is built on it. And traditionally, I think it's really studios that are built on doing, like you said, animations for games. And so I don't see that ever kind of overtaking it. But at the same time, it's one of those things where they'll grow. They'll just have, here's a new studio, and they do nothing but CGI, while all these other studios continue to do what they're doing because, again, cost. You can't just transition to that stuff. And a lot of that work they need done in their shows that need CGI, they'll just outsource it. So, but now, I... The for the you said the best like I said before that if you were asking the best three D anime that I think looks good, um, I liked how Babuki Bronki looked. Not to say that Babuki Bronki is the best show ever, just that that's what I liked um, when it comes to like having that style. Expel from Paradise is another one where I think they they did a pretty good job with making it look like an anime in a CG environment. And everything um, I think they did a phenomenal job there. As regards to, like, my favorite shows, that is just happens to be C- uh, CGI. Uh, High Score Girl, like I mentioned earlier. Knights of Sidonia. Um, Ajin. Those are, like, a lot of polygon pictures I think I like, so. I can't really think of any of the ones that are full CGI that yeah, I really the, like. Yeah, the uh, Duke oh, of Death and High Score Girl. Lustrous. High Score Girl and uh, Duke of Death, they do have a good aesthetic. Mm-hmm. However, the problem is, is that they... Um, they're very clunky. They 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 don't yeah. they don't they don't when when the characters move they don't look good at all. That stiff look that I think that a lot of them fall into, and especially when they're early on. But I think that a lot of them like Polygon Pictures is kind of improving that. 
like I said, when I first watched Nice Sidonia, the first one, it was like, these look like basically stick figures walking around. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't look good. They don't, they don't look fluid. Uh, B star is another one that's fantastic, even though it is CGI. Um, there's a lot of really good CGI shows out there. I, I try not to let it dissuade me. Like, and and it's sad because I, I, I've been meaning to make a video on this, but one of the things that I'm struggling with right now is that this season was bad with CGI. Like the, Typically, I'll I'll give CGI show like last was it last season um, Nighthead. I watched that despite it being CGI and everybody saying this is a terrible show because it's CGI. I always like to give CGI shows a shot because when's the next time I want to get a Land of Lustrous? When's the next time I want to get a Nice Sidonia or something? It's not as if when they look at a story and they go, "Hmm, this story's crappy. Better use a CGI studio." They don't do that. They yeah. go, "This this story is this." Um, it's going to be hard to animate. Typically, they'll probably say it's going to be hard to animate. Let's do a CGI studio. Well, what? Because we don't have the budget to pay 2D animators to animate all these fights. So they'll use a studio like that to cut the cost. Why wh- Why did? Why are people so angry about the whole entire Berserk uh, re- remake? Because it doesn't look all that effe- uh, great. And you could argue Berserk yeah. is a, a sh- story that deserves the highest quality and, and that's i think that was a and i think that was a prime example where they said it's going to be very difficult to pay a company to animate this let's do a cgi company and i think that was the worst mistake they ever made but that was probably in their mindset this would be cheaper to have a cgi studio do and look how that turned out <laughs> but i think again i think a lot it doesn't it doesn't have to do with that so yeah, technically with the season, when it started, Tesla Notes, um, Shiki something, I forget the whole name of it. Those are shows that I'm immediately jumped to to watch because I'm not going to make it a sum of its CGI. Now, granted, with this season specifically, it's not the, the these weren't the best implementation, impl- why do I always trip on this word? <laughs> use of CGI. Yeah, use of CGI that I've ever seen especially with Tesla notes. Oh my gosh. That's like the worst offender of CGI that I've ever seen a long time. Well, I guess since berserk, um, it's always bad when you have them trying to put 2d back into CGI. Like I understand the idea of using CGI for your anime, but when you start putting it back in, it doesn't like if you thought watching a 2d anime and suddenly a CGI renders in the middle of it is bad. Watch a show that's fully CGI. And then there's a 2d rendering in the middle of it all. It's like, ugh, why are we doing this? I, the obvious answer is they don't want to render something, so they'll just 2D draw it instead. But, yeah. Did we answer this question, too? I think we did. <laughs> I think we did. Uh see here. Thanks, Lynx. Uh, we have a second question from Lynx. So, two questions from Lynx. Uh, next one. Hello. There... <laughs> Here is an interesting question. To your knowledge, is there any is there any mainly etchy-focused anime that uh, is long longer running? It seems to me that most of the are one core or two core at the most for the main reason of lack of content, I'm assuming. Just curious. Also, do you think there's a longer show? Uh, do you think a longer show can be done well? Also, great podcast and YouTube. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. DXD and Two Love Rue. Yeah, Two Love Rue, um, High School DXD. Um, there was another one in my head. Um, uh, Rosaria X Vampire technically, I think, had, what, two or three seasons? I think so. You're right. And I think that's the main ones. I know that uh, High School DXT has been going for a long time, and it's still going to be going on. There's another season coming, actually. 
So that one's that one just can't just doesn't die. There was a sister? lot. Sister. There was a Test- lot of testament. It only had one score. It no, needs another it hit, one. Did two. Mm-mm. Yes, it did. Mm-mm. We're gonna look it up right now, and I'm gonna prove you wrong. There's a lot of them back in the day. They don't they don't really get multi cores anymore. But back in the day, most of those kind of well, technically back in the day, it was more. You could have more. Um, sequel. There you go. It's an OVA. No, it was not. First 10 episodes. That doesn't count. That's not even full core. It's not even a full core. But no, like back in the day, there was a lot of um, more etchier shows. But again, that they were more acceptable to have back then. So things like, yeah, Love Hina is the one that immediately pops in my head. Um, a lot of the the Ryukajimiya shows like Shaku no Shana, um, Hayata the Combat Butler. A lot of those shows were more slightly etchy. Yeah, but they weren't like the focus point. They were just you would have one scene where they walked into the bathroom on them at once. Yeah, it, there's there's a difference between the, your lewd shows and etchy shows, and your just having a consequence of something being the uh, focus lucky. is etchy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it 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 is. Those are rare. Oh, uh, High School of the Dead. Um, it, it's that was a single. Yeah, it was. It um, had an OVA too. It's it's one of the frustrating things. Is no, really not. I mean, the ones that we that's that's off the top of our head because of how rare they are. And um, I think that was. I think the fact that it is its focus is the etchy is the prime example of why they wouldn't continue on. I with most cases where you have a show is continuing on, again, as we always say, technically for the most part, majority of anime are advertisements for the source material. What would be the point in continuing to adapt something that its focal point is just to say, hey, look, boobies, go watch, go read the manga. <laughs> oh wait, we need to do one more core because there's gonna be that one scene that's definitely gonna sell more manga. No, it's it's literally pump out one core. And I think for the case of something like Two Love Rue and High School DxD is it technically has a significant story in the background. Not that I'm saying it's blowing anybody's mind, but there's significant story there. I think it works for it. Whereas mostly for something like um the the uh HX Arrows, that one's I don't think there's really much there. <laughs> Aliens come attack and they they lose their clothes to fight and then they're naked. There's samurai, a stick. samurai girls and samurai bride. Yeah, that had two core. So no, I don't really necessarily see it. I think the only case where you have something that has etchy in it that has been really long running is probably just Seven Deadly Sins. And again, that's like what one goofy moment maybe per episode or every other episode. Yeah, he he he's. It's not the focal point. <laughs> that's probably the most like. Etchy esque, well, but shown out there. Yeah, so it, I give it you, some credit there. If you give that one uh, the the leeway, then you go into fairy tale that has some where they go on about um, what's her wow. face here and there. Wow, yeah. Yeah. wow <laughs> moments. The the wow moments. But no, I I think that's probably why you don't see it much. So yeah. Uh, let's see, we have Smackatosh sends us in an email, says, just helping test the new contact us button. I'm finally getting to those questions. After the Manga Planet X Kodansha announcement, do you think there will be a chance that Katakawa, uh, Katakawa Bookwalker will finally allow non-Japanese subscriptions? 
As of now, both the subscription plans for manga and light novels are geo-blocked as only the Japanese translated are available. For your information, a VPN does get around this. Wow, I did not notice that. I would I would suspect, I hope so. <laughs> um I have seriously been I I am on the cusp of buying some stuff from um Bookwalker because they oh, Bookwalker and J Novel both i i have their their apps on my system i want to, there's so many stories on that those things that i want bad and it's very frustrating yeah i think the the nice thing that's been happening lately i mean this has been something that's been really spiraling into effect uh, yeah you can probably say it's as far back as like crunchyroll going legit um even equally with a lot of the companies picking up on source materials and a lot more source materials uh, the the whole advent of kickstarting bringing really big named visual novels over here is obviously there is this point in which these companies in Japan are realizing we can make money in the West. And now granted that doesn't always work and there's cases where they think it's going to work and it blows up in their faces. I mean Daisuke.net was a prime example of that. Them going, hey, let's make our own service. Obviously it seemed like they didn't make enough from it so they just basically stopped. But they're they're seeing that there is a significance here and to have a lot of this stuff starting to get i guess overseas without some sort of proxy over here i think it's best i want that to happen i want these companies to say hey subscribe to us over here and you can get our content rather than it be some company over here grabbing it and translating it so i think it's a good thing i think it's an eventual thing but um i'm not really too locked in a lot of that stuff so chris would know that stuff more than me yeah the, the 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 like i had mentioned before um once they figure out how to serve the product directly to us these companies are dead they, they i i wholeheartedly believe that they once they figure out they can deliver the product directly to us a lot of these gatekeeping companies are gone and I think the the big challenge they have is just getting proper translations. And yep. and I like the idea of them handling the translations themselves, but honestly, they're going to have a lot of English in there. So I do think they need to get a lot of good translators on board, preferably English native speaking. Just hopefully hire them and bring them over there. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just move them to move them to Japan. <laughs> get them away from the West. That way we don't have weird translations or or translations into something else like Spanish or something. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks, uh, Smackintosh, for testing out that comments. Keep keep testing it. Like I said, we need a, we need a stress test going to, to make sure it's working properly. Um, Peter writes in, says, podcast feedback. Hi, you do great. You, you make great podcasts about anime. Thank you so much, Peter, for sending that in to us. And again, testing our testing our system here. Uh, Blue Spark sent in a test as well. Says, uh, this is a test message. You asked for it, Andrew. Thank you, Blue Spark, for testing that. Keep sending them. We need to, we need to make sure that we test this whole system properly. Uh, let's see here. Uh, some dumb baka writes in, says, hi, congrats with the YouTube videos and love the podcast. You were asking for some questions, so here we are. What shows have you seen that make uh, that have taken a turn halfway through the series? I'm currently watching and enjoying Aquatope, and after episode 12, 
the supernatural aspects of Gamma Gamma, and even the deity are gone uh, are gone and turns from drama to slice of life. Granted, we only have four more episodes to go. Uh, two more now. Uh, it's still enjoyable, but the focus of the show has shifted. Uh, have you encountered shifts like this before? And if so, how do you like them? I watched Hajime no, uh, Hajimete no Gal and really liked how the main characters changed and defended his girlfriend uh, and even took a beating. You really don't see much uh, in those sorts of shows. Keep up the amazing work and take care. Well, thank you. Um, we, I, I'm not sure how significant of a shift you're talking about, but yes, technically punchline is the one that we always bring up. Yeah. Having a, we call it a bait and, bait switch. and switch. I don't know if bait and switch is what you're referring to it. Technically, like I said, Akatop feels like that too, because you feel like it's all about saving Gamma Gamma. And there's this weird dude that's constantly every single scene chain walking around this deity thing. And then suddenly we're talking Tengara. about, yeah, <laughs> Tengara about, yeah. and marketing. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's I. This is a dumb way to answer this, but it's honestly true. I like it when it works. <laughs> I hate I hate shifts when they don't work, and I love it when they do work. There you go. Uh, like I said, punchline worked. It was like now, granted, punchline. I didn't like it at first because technically I was losing my etchy because it was really severely etchy early on, and that technically settles down a lot with that shift, but it was a really good shift, so it it was it was amazing for that reason. Any other examples that you have? Not off the top of my head, so typically most I mean, typically most shows have the idea they're going for really off the bat. And you don't really see those shifts, but I mean technically it, if you've watched Aquatope, you've probably watched it, but Alone in the Sea had a huge shift in it as well. Um halfway through it. It was yeah. It was what I was referring to when I talked about Aquatope. I'm like, this feels just like how they handled all in C. It had a huge shift at some point, a turning point, so to speak. Turning point? Mushuka Tensai turning point? Uh, that was technically a huge shift in the story. Mushuka <laughs> Tensai technically has a huge shift at the quote unquote turning point. So, uh, but it kind of is the same show. I don't know. Um, there's so many shows that are running through my head right now, and it's... <laughs> it kind of felt like that for um, Yuki as a hero, but that technically was the beginning episode did that. It wasn't really kind of a shift anywhere in the show itself, so... Well, I guess we could throw out uh, Madoka Magica, because technically that's the entire... The whole reason why everybody goes nuts about that. Yeah, I agree but with that. That's, but that's a tonal shift, I guess, per se. No, I mean, not really, because it does start out feeling kind of dark, but it is. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about the big reveal. A lot of shows have that curtain draw, and you start to see everything behind it. I don't know if that's necessarily the. the I guess same. that's technically speaking, since we're since we're bringing up basically uh, Ginnerobuchi shows that that's generally his his entire uh, thing is kind of showing off a certain idea well thought out but at some point there's usually a shift of some sort and uh, the reason why I bring that up is because of um, the the show that I don't like the guy in that everybody makes fun of me for not liking the guy in. I'll know a zero? I'll know a zero. Well, you because you don't it, like wasn't, there a, wasn't there a shift in... Don't, um, don't you like Slane? 
Um, oh, the, we, sec- we the shall second not speak, core. We will not. The second speak core is not the first core. The core. Well, I was talking about the. Didn't you say that there was a shift in like the third episode or something like that? That that I I don't remember. It's been a long time, so I I just know to. I just know I'll know zero. The first season was about like like similar to heavy object. It was all about like people on the ground surviving big OP mechas. And then when it got to the second the second core, suddenly out of nowhere, Icoon shows up, um slain as a D-bag and then uh, it's all about super mecha. There's super mecha in space and stuff. It was completely a shift from how the first season felt, which again to my credit I, or to my perspective, the first core was phenomenal. Just second core was like not so much. Um, I had one. Oh, March comes like a lion. Now that is mainly because of character development, but March comes in like a lion. It seemed like every, I wouldn't, you could argue it. Every core feels like it's a different story because there's so much progression in the character. What you feel like, what the show feels like and the storytelling focuses on shifts greatly each core because there's so much character development. And that it's not that the show itself, the story is trying to shift. It's because the character themselves is shifting. They're finding new things that they're focusing on. And thus it feels like it changes how it tells a story. I mean, if you watched maybe like the fourth episode of the first core, and then you went and watched the later season, the last season and like some random episode, it's going to feel completely different because the focus is different early on. It feels very dark. It feels very gloomy. The character's stuck in a rut Whereas later on, it feels like, okay, now we're having a shogi match, and you're talking about how this guy is feeling the weight of his his predecessors behind him, and it's like this great artistic piece. It's like it it shifts so much as it goes along because there's so much development happening. It's it's hard to really feel a difference when it comes to genre shifts, I guess, is the is a hard thing to really kind of pin on. Uh, 1890F, literally every episode feels different. Um, <laughs> Flip Flappers, every episode. The shows that you have, like, it's... It's technically like a multi-director art piece. You feel that. Space Dandy, 18IF, Flip Flappers. Those are like those those um, series that are directed by multiple directors. You'll feel a lot of that stuff shifting in those as well. Still searching? I guess. I was thinking about um, Rakugo. That technically starts out, you're thinking it's one one show, and then it ends up being the second episode. It was a totally different show. Because <laughs> it was the kid, and then it went to... Uh, the main story, yeah, shifting perspective can be can be a thing. Um, I always felt like it kept to the same type of genre, though. Yeah. Um, now, granted, some you can say probably the second core was a probably more. I think they were both pretty common when it came to drama. I don't know. That's a hard question. It, it, it's it's not something that 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 happens a lot. So take yeah. that for what it is. It it's it. I mean, we're grasping, really. We're trying to find something that... Well, at the same note, I would argue Aquatope has the same issue with me. I would, it, Yes, it had supernatural elements at the very beginning. I'm sure those will come back. That's the only thing that's really shifted is losing that supernatural element um, and not being a focus. But I think that's to the story. The story is about this focus of Gamma Gamma and technically at some point the supernatural element within it, which is some special entity. And the whole point is to walk away from that, to go into life, to go into the workforce and lose that magicalness that was around them. So it's technically a story beat, but 
Thanks for the questions, some dumb baka. Hope you got some information there. Again, I think a lot of those multi-directorial uh, stuff is where you're going to find a lot of those shifting. But as for story beats, typically they like to keep to certain story elements. So it's kind of hard to, to really peg. But yeah, that's it. I think we'll call it there. Again, we need some more stress testing of the server before uh, you guys give up on that stuff. We definitely appreciate you guys helping us with that, though. <laughs> As always, hope you guys enjoyed this little run through of the news and some uh, great questions from our community members. Thank you, Pick uh, Potatoes, some Dumbaka, uh, Retro Freak, Velvet, and Lynx for the great questions that we had here. As always, definitely appreciate everybody that supports us through our Patreon and through our tips link and our tips video tips link and also on the main page too, uh, including Seismic Wolf, Jason Marsh, Mark Tyler, uh, Adrian DeWalke, Sakumbi, Theodore Mulgren, Sergio Arlasso, Ferro Saito, Yari, Ben Odraskal, Havoc, Toshi, Cesar Salas, CM0, John Bear, Jekyll Geek, QB, Edward Hernandez, Rodney Forehand, Kevin Nauta, Hector Amaya Jr., Butai, uh, Smackatosh, Jay-Z Meister, Dave B., Nick C., Chris Richardson, David uh, Mochizuki, uh, Electro Pirate here recently, Peter uh, Strianius, uh, Neko Senpai 77 just recently joined us, so we thank you, for, you guys for jumping in. Uh, Chris Richardson, uh, for Azu Kame, Fana, uh, Ruby Rose, XD, uh, Khan, Jay Z Meister. <laughs> uh, definitely appreciate it. I, it. That's a good problem to have. Having a lot to say is a good problem to have, but we make sure that everybody knows that we definitely recognize their their help for us so and as always for people telling other people about us here recently had some at Genghis Calm talking about a certain anti-tuber doing a preview sort of thing for the next season and they're like just go check out a talking spirit i'm like i i don't want to get in the middle of like the fandom of that anti-tuber but at the same time i really appreciate that comment <laughs> <laughs> i'm very careful about how i respond to that because i don't want them to think that i you know want to get into a fight with them but uh yeah, they definitely appreciate that. That was, by the way, technically, that should be our next week's podcast. So if you guys are excited for the um, the next season, winter 2022, whew, we're getting to next year. We'll be doing that podcast next week. So that means this week I'm going to be doing a lot of research to figure all that stuff out and get it done. So I almost thought it was supposed to be this week because that popped up. People like start those earlier than usual, but I have to fight not to do it early because we... Typically, like for some reason, like three weeks out from the from the next season, a lot of things shift, and so if we do it early, it'll end up being incorrect information. So to to minimize that, we don't want to do it f too far out. So if you want to know more information about the winter twenty twenty one season or twenty 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 two, check out our podcast when we do that next week. But uh, yeah, as always, appreciate you guys for checking us out, and y'all take care. Oh.